His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. He said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the, is anybody in the house blessed today? Anybody trust him? Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. I greet you all in the name of God, our Father, Jesus, his Son, and giving vent to his precious Holy Spirit. I thank God again to be in the house of worship just one more time. I want to thank God for our pastor and our first lady who are now taking some time of rest and relaxation from the duty of ministry. But we thank God that they, that God is taking care of them where they are. We want to praise God for, again, the shepherd of this house, the leader, the angel of the house, the Reverend Dr. Richard Benjamin Haynes. Can we give him praise and give God glory for our pastor? And just want to thank him for the great opportunity to share with you today in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not to be long this morning, but if you would, just turn to the letter of James, the epistle of James, chapter 1. James, chapter 1. Just for the sake of our hearing today, we'll be reading from the English Standard Version, James, chapter 1. And if you will, make it down to verse 27. In your time at home, I hope you will read verses 19 through 27. But if you make it down to verse 27, we'll just hang our hats on one verse on today. Amen. So the word of God reads thusly from the English Standard Version. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this. To visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Say it again. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this. To visit the orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. If I were to label our lesson this morning, tag a title to this text, it would be something of a question like this. Have you got good religion? Have you got good religion? Uh, you and I are both now in an era that many folks call a normal that is new. We live in a new day, in a day where we have to guard ourselves every day from the pandemic. But it was any other new day like it was just a few Sundays ago. I had 
come to worship in the house of the Lord, had a very good time. The men in the church were singing that day, and they had the songs of Zion that really filled my soul and my heart. The pastor preached another powerful message, and then we exchanged our goodbyes, and we went back home. That has been my routine for quite some time now that even during the pandemic, I get up on Sunday morning and take a shower, dress myself, and come down to the house. But then when I leave church, what had been part of my routine was to ride down the road to the local gas station, the quick trip as it were, and buy me a Mountain Dew Zero and enjoy on my way home. But one way on my way home, strangely enough, the pastor had brought me up to give the invitation to discipleship. And after I had given the invitation to discipleship, my heart was still full. And as I was turning the bottle at a red light, uh, at a red light, turning the bottle of Mountain do zero I heard a horn blast and it was so loud that it caused my attention to be changed from what I was doing to look up and I heard the blast again and there was a woman who motioned for me to roll down her window she said sir I am homeless I know I have a car but I have lost my house and I'm on fumes right now can you buy me some gas and I thought to myself Lord have mercy I just came from church I'm not trying to help anybody right now not trying to be with anybody right now trying to get home to my wife and family but the Lord said no I'll do that for her and as I got her gas I went into the gas station came out and I went to tell her the, the pump has been paid for you you can pump your gas she said sir 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 please don't leave me right now I told you I'm homeless I have a little gas but I also have a place that I'm staying and I don't have any more money to pay for it and I got nervous even the more y'all and I said, I wasn't trying to help you buy gas, number one. I sure enough ain't trying to help you stay in a hotel on tonight. But then I heard the voice of the Lord say, sometimes you got to be more than what you do. You got to not use your hands to clap and raise them in the worship of God. Sometimes you got to reach out and give to somebody. Sometimes your heart just can't be full with the passion of worship here. But now it's got to be leaned towards somebody in compassion. Is there anybody here that knows good religion is a religion that reaches forward and not just up in praise for God. So the question was asked to me on that day, the Lord said, I want to know, son, not if you got any religion, but do you have good religion? Is there anybody here that knows good religion is more than what you say, but good religion leads us to do some things about it. Is there anybody here knows that in the text, James is in a time frame that not very far from where we are now. There was social unrest. There was civil unrest. There was political unrest. The church of God had been spread all out over the Roman Empire and all over the empire. They were getting abused by folk uh, who were Jews. They were getting abused by folk who were part of Rome. They were getting abused. And he was trying to tell them that in your worst times, this is a time to show God that you are the best. Your religion can actually work for you better in this time and he says one thing to them he said people of God in this time of distress in this time where you are being tempted and trials are coming he said do this be quick to hear be slow to speak and be slow to anger. I wish I had some help on this morning. He said, first of all, use your ears before you even think about using your mouth. And then before you open your mouth and do something, think about what you're doing. He said, be quick to hear, slow to anger, and slow to speak. That God wants us to have a type of religion where we are listening more than we are talking, that we are actually talking, uh, not listening more than we're talking, and we want to do things based on what we have heard and what we have heard from the word of the Lord. Is there anybody here that knows that you got to hear from the Lord first before you try to do something for anybody else, even before you speak? He wants us to learn how to listen first and then speak and then act it's the craziest thing in the world that oftentimes 
the Bible declares that what comes out of your mouth is actually what's in your heart. And in other words, he's saying that if you act irreligious, it's really, and you talk irreligious, it's really what's already deep down on the inside of you. That, that, that the warning is that we need to learn how to listen first and then learn how to speak later and then learn how to act even later than that. He says to learn how to be quick to hear, slow to speak. But then he says that if you're hearing, you need to hear the very word of God because it's implanted in you. Strangely enough, that when we are saved, and I know a lot of us struggle with this, but we are saved, there's more word in you than you realize. But part of our salvation, I believe, in our sanctification is the more we learn how to mature where we are, the more word comes out of us and it becomes a part of who we are. James said that when you are quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. He says, really, what it is, God has put something deep down on the inside of you. He has implanted the word in your heart, and because now the word is in your heart, you can react to now what you thought you didn't know. You can say that I know the one who created me is bigger than this world system of government. God created the ends of the earth, and I don't have to worry about what's going on in the world today because God God is in control of all of it. The Lord is in control of all of it. So, uh, have you got good? You got good religion when you hear first and you speak and act later. But then, strangely enough, He says you got to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. That we have to learn how to do the word. And then James puts up an unusual. Uh, illustration that says he said because those who hear the words and don't do them are like a man who looks intently into a mirror at himself or herself and then when they move from the mirror they immediately forget what they look like in other words he's saying you got dirt on your face you got celery between your teeth your hair is unkempt and you looked at yourself and saw all of this and you still moved away from the mirror and then forgot what you look like. In other words, he talks about how uh, in the ancient time, they didn't have the crystallized mirrors that we have today. Uh, I had a strange instance since I've been, I've had a strange instance since I've been married. I have done some things that I never, maybe never would have known to do had it not been for the relationship God gave me and my wife. And every now and then we go get Manny petties and every now and then, and we even go get facials. And, 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 I, and every man, I, I, I'm trying to help you out. You ought to try at least one time. But on the facial, they get a mirror so close to your face, then you can see every imperfection. They tell you about your T-zone and how I was dry on the top and oily on the bottom. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? That then they, they told me, they showed me how dirty my face was. And this lady started to work on my face. And it took her about an hour to get done with my face. But it was strangely enough, when I left her mirror, started walking through that salon, all the women looked at me and said, baby, your face looks so beautiful right now. And I was so feeling good about myself. And the Lord spoke to me in that moment. And he says, when you get the mirror close enough to your face and see how dirty you really are, what you really need to do is now have a facial routine every day. Is there anybody here that knows he wants you to look in the mirror so you can walk every day knowing what you look like? That is where he wants you. That you know what you look like. That 
The reason the mirror is there, not only for you to look at yourself, but it's for you to have something to do once you leave it. Is there anybody here that knows in the Christian religion, it ain't just enough to hear the word of God. It ain't just enough to show up on Sunday morning and Wednesday night and hear the preaching and teaching of the word of God and then close the very mirror that is the word of God and then go on about your business using the same kind of language, using the same kind of stuff that you had before. God wants us to read the word and let it reflect something in our lives that we are now doers of the word. I can hear that soulful R&B theologian and Barry White said you got to learn how to practice what it is that you preach that you have to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only but then James says something about how religion should be that there are religious folk even in the house of God that seem to have a religion that is just a surface religion. He says down on in the text that there are those who seem to have a religion. Uh, I know it's hard for us to believe at Salem Church that there are folk who sit with us every Sunday, but they don't really care about the kingdom of God. They actually want to hear the word preach, but they don't want the word to be preaching to them. That they want to hear the word preach, but then they don't want to walk once they hear the word in what the word is saying. But then he says this about that type of religion. He says there's a religion beyond that. He says this in verse 27. He says, a pure religion before God the Father is this. That, you know, there is a religion that's pure. It's strange enough, we all have religion in our lives. I know y'all ain't saying nothing, but many of us had a religion on this morning. Some of us have a religious relationship with our coffee maker or with Quick Trip or Starbucks or McDonald's because you can't say, you would tell people that I can't even function unless I've had my second cup of coffee. Some of us have religion on this morning because we get up every morning and read the Bible and then close it and go to work and have to deal with crazy people on our jobs. We are right religious people that some of us religiously pull up in the morning and pull up the TV and find out the latest weather and news. We are right religious person, but God says that pure religion that's undefiled before God is this that we visit the orphan and the widow in their affliction. I wish somebody was with me this morning. That, that, that pure religion is a religion that moves from just hearing it to doing it. Uh, I, I grew up, y'all, in a, in a little city, Athens, Georgia, uh, and I don't know how it was in your neighborhood, but every now and then, fights would break out and there were only a few real fighters in the hood. If you, were, if you were from a place like me, people would begin to fight, but they would have two or three folk holding them back. And it'd be a lot of noise, and they would put up their hands getting ready to fight, but they would say, somebody hold me back and don't let me get to them. And then I finally came upon somebody who was a show enough fighter. He said this about his accuser. He said, don't talk about it. Be about it. Is there anybody here that knows that the Lord wants us in the house of God to stop talking about folk who need us, but then be about helping folk. And it says, visit them. Visit them in their affliction. It talks about how good religion reaches out to people who cannot help themselves and cannot, cannot furnish the needs for themselves. He says, you got to do it 
in their affliction. The visitation he talks about is not a visitation to kind of just say, baby, how are you doing? And is there anything that I can do for you? Uh, God actually made it such a way in the Old Testament that the widow and the orphan were to receive the help of society. I wish somebody heard me this morning. In, in our strained political landscape it is, we got people actually fighting against the government trying to help those who can't help themselves. That they are those who don't have the resources. They are those who don't have the ability to take care of themselves for sheer health care and food in this world. And then there are those in our great, great country who talk about all the time they need to pull up themselves by their own bootstraps. Well, in the house of God, God has already told us they can't pull themselves up. That's why I made you. That they're that you are supposed to take care of the widow and the orphan, and then you are supposed to take care of them at the times they need you the most. Deuteronomy 10 and 18 says this, he executes judgment on the fatherless and, and the widow and loves the sojourner and gives him food and clothing. This is the word of God for the people of God. That he executes justice on those who need the most. That, that for so long, I even fought against social justice. But I'm learning that this is God's principle. That we are supposed to socially help one another. And I wish I had some amens this morning because the truth of the matter is, it's not the government's responsibility to take care of. Uh, according to the word of God, verse 19, he says, beloved sisters and brothers. I wish I had some help in the church. He says the reason that, that people got to be taken care of is because they need to be taken care of by you and I in the body of Christ. We need to have a benevolence ministry all the time helping those that can't help themselves. It says even help the sojourn. That we are not supposed to lock them up and take them away from their parents, but we're supposed to get them out of jail. He says, this is pure religion that's undefiled is this, that we are to love or to give to the orphan and visit the widow in their distress. But a pure religion and good religion is also that we are to keep ourselves undefiled from the world. We have been in our election season, y'all, and in this election season, I have been struggling because before election day, I had anxiety. And it wasn't fearful anxiety. It was an anxiety because I was wondering where as a country are we going? Because what I learned, y'all, was the lunatic fringe is not a fringe. I learned that we have some strong opinion folk in this country, and they will stand where they stand regardless of what will help or hurt somebody else. That my anxiety then changed on election day to amazement. Because I was amazed at how many people in our country registered to vote. And then I was amazed how many people in our country went on to vote. Even in my own household, the pride well up in me and my wife. Our youngest two boys registered to vote and went on their own 6 o'clock in the morning and voted for themselves. I was so happy in the amazement that they may have not known everything, but they were a part of the process that people suffered, bled, and died for. My anxiety turned to amazement, but then my anxiety and amazement turned to a situation where I was in a situation where I was now angry at what was going on because our own chief commanding officer looked at the American people and he said that the process that people died for 
is a sham or false. And I would, but my anger got really, I got deep in my anger, y'all. And I had to even turn the TV off for a couple of days. Because I was amazed at the fact that the process that got him there. He had a very problem with the same process that got him there. And now because it wasn't working in his favor, he now had a problem with it. Is there anybody here that knows you can't trust a sore loser? So many times in my life, in my athletic life, I had to be pulled up by my coaches and my father. Never forget one time, lost a baseball game. And I had to tell you the truth that my sons, particularly one of them, he's uh, very much a chip or a chunk off the old block. He, he hates losing more than he loves winning. And that was how I was, y'all. I hated losing more than I loved winning. And I'll never forget, we lost the game and lost it in a very dramatic fashion. And I remember going to the dugout while my team lined up to congratulate the winning team. And I remember I'm going to call myself, I'm going to stay in the dugout. And I tried to act like I was putting my equipment away. And not too long after I had my head down, I heard a very familiar voice inside the dugout with me with his three-piece suit on and shining shoes on. And he said, boy, it was my daddy. He said, boy. You're going to stop what you're doing right now and get yourself in line and congratulate that other team for winning the game because that is what real winners do. They congratulate those who have risen up above. Is there anybody here that knows that good religion is a religion that can congratulate somebody who has won but also who has won to be able to help somebody else? You can't be in the world. But then my anger turned to apathy, y'all. I got to a point where I said I don't even care anymore. This world has now affected me so much that I don't even care about what's going on anymore. But the Lord said, you don't have to be angry. You don't have to be apathetic. You don't have to have anxiety because I need you to remember what I put on the inside of you. Y'all come back to me. That in the word of God, the Bible said the government will be on his shoulders. And then even in this time of sickness and disease by his stripes. I wish I had some here. I am here. Is there anybody here that knows that even in our rough civil and social times, God is still on the throne? That he still rules and he super rules all that is. I need some help this morning that the Lord our God reigns and he reigns forever. And ever, and ever, amen. I wish I had some help this morning. Come here, somebody, that you got to know. I got one question for you. And the question is, have you got good religion? Have you been baptized? Did they take you to the water? Because good religion is religion that causes you to do more than it causes you to talk about it. You must have that fire and Holy Ghost, the burning thing that keeps the prayer wheel turning, the kind of religion that you cannot conceal. It'll make you move. It'll make you shout. It'll make you cry. Within, I've got my hand wound in the winding chain and my soul's been anchored in my Jesus name I tell you you must be and you got to be born again is there anybody here that's been born again born of the water and born of the spirit he died that you might live he died that you might have a good religion laid him in a 
tomb, but I'm so glad my religion said early, early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand, and I ain't got to worry about this world because he's defeated death, he's defeated sin, he's defeated disease. I can thank God that he saved my soul, and now I can live the very religion I talk about. Talk about your religion, but walk in your religion. is have you got a good religion the Bible says that your religion that's pure is this that you visit the orphan and the widow in their times of affliction and that you keep yourself unstained from the world that we live in the world but we don't need to be a part of the world that we need to let our light shine that men will see his good works in us and glorify the father in heaven we're now going to move into our observance of the Lord's Supper that we come together on these Sundays to remember what he has done for us truth of the matter is the only way our religion is good is that we know he died and got up early Sunday morning with all power in his hand the blood that Jesus shed for me On Calvary, the blood that gives me strength from day to I'm glad that it to the
thank you for the table. We thank you for what the table represents. That on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and had given thanks. And when he broke it, he said, this is my body given for you. Then he took the cup in the same manner. He said, the cup represents the New Testament in my blood. Drink ye all of it for the remission of sin. Lord, we thank you that these are not words, but that you hung on that cross. That you suffered, bled, and then you died and laid you in a borrowed tomb. But early on Sunday morning, you got up and we come month by month and week by week to celebrate the fact that you died but you ain't dead that you got up and now Lord as we move into this observance of the supper you left for us we ask that you seek out those in this world who don't know you in the free pardon of their sin that you seek out those who know what you've done for them and that we celebrate everything that is about your death but we thank God that you rose this is our prayer we pray in Jesus name amen to the highest mountain oh yes oh the blood From day, From day to day, it will never, never, never lose. Come on, it soothes my doubts. Oh, yes.
Bible declares on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, that he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. same manner, he took the cup. He said, the cup represents the New Testament and my blood. Drink ye all of it for the remission of sin. He said, for as often as ye do this, ye do show the Lord's death until he comes. And our, our pastor would say, got to know that he is coming back. And he's coming back to get a church that is his own. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. of discipleship that if you are among us but also out there and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ Bible says something simple it says believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved it says also that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved we Lift this invitation and share Jesus with you right now. That if you don't have a church home, we hope that you would call the Salem Church and want to become a part of our local family. But if you are too far away, we would ask that you would find a Bible-believing and teaching church that you can join yourself with in the knowledge and understanding that you know that Jesus has died for you. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you came. We thank you that you lived. We thank you that you were righteous. We thank you that you took your righteousness and laid it up on yonder's cross and that you died a death that nobody else can die. We thank you, Lord, that they laid you in Joseph's borrowed tomb. But we're so glad, Lord, that early Sunday morning you got up with all power in your hand and because you got up, you got up with the power to save those who are lost, Lord. And we pray right now for those in this world who are lost. We even pray for those who are enemies of the cross. That we pray that, Lord, you turn their hearts from wickedness to righteousness. Lord, we ask you right now, Lord, to do what only you can do. For one day you saved the very wretch like me and you turn my life around. And Lord, I thank you.
for what you've done. And Lord, we thank you right now for what you're doing in the hearts of those in this world who have come to confess Jesus as their Savior and now want to live and have a good life of religion in him. This is our prayer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. We are grateful again for our time together. We're grateful again to celebrate Jesus on this day. We ask that all of you would continue to live in such a way that those in this world would know that he is your Savior and you are his child. Amen. Amen. We just want to again give thanks to all of those who participate in worship. Our praise team, give God glory. For our musician staff, we want to thank you for staff. We also want to thank you for the audio-visual staff that has worked tirelessly to put this broadcast out into the world. We want to thank God for the newest members of our family. Amen? Amen. Sister Aaron and Brother Walter, give God praise for the newest members of our family. So we're going to have some more announcements come for you. And then we'll have our benediction. Amen. Amen. Let's praise God for the word of God on today. Praise God for the man of God that gave the word on today. And we pray that God would just restore him even now for what he's put out. I just want to make you aware that on this coming Thursday, November 19th, beginning at 1030, that there will be 300 um, produce boxes that will be given away. So we wanted to make that announcement so you will be aware of that resource that's going to be made available for you. So come and um, share in this resource and then make sure you tell others who may be in need, like we've heard of the word of God today, um, who may be in need. And let's make sure that those needs are taken care of um, as we distribute those boxes this week. Amen. Continue to ask that we continue to be in prayer for those who are bereaved, uh, we continue to pray for the Bailey families, the Wilcox families, and pray for Sister Janice Mayfield and her family as um, she has lost her mother, uh, Mother George Judy, on this week as well. God bless you and keep you as our prayer. Amen. We're again. We're grateful again for our pastor and first lady uh, taking rest and relaxation. God has been good to them. We have spoken to them. Everything is well, so give God praise for that with our pastor and first lady. Just taking a little time. Again, want to thank God for our time in the house of worship on this morning. To all of you who are in the house, thank God for you. If you would, just rest on your feet. God be with you till we meet again. henceforth and forevermore and the people of God said Amen.
There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.